Sup, Freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce this rip of RHR. Is it a good rip? Is it a bad rip? I don't know. I bet it is. Got the family in the uh, in the recording studio as I record the sad son. That's not the remote for the fireplace. It's a remote for the TV. When are you going to learn it? You're just throwing it in the trash can. God, I love my family. I do. I love you, buddy. This rip was brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. Cash App. We're going to talk about in this episode they just crushed q1 2021 i believe like three billion in sales let me check let me check a lot of people stacking sats on the cash app yeah 3.5 billion dollars on the cash app people stacking sats they're not buying whole bitcoins i bet not a, most of those people aren't buying whole bitcoins they're stacking sats there's 100 million sats in a bitcoin cash app makes it easy to stack sats you can buy as little as one dollar you can dca in the sats set it and forget it i wonder how much that's contributing dca to just to set it and forget it so you can buy daily weekly bi-weekly if you want to uh you can direct deposit your paychecks into the app you got account numbers and routing numbers so you can just skip your bank cash app could be your bank Make it a more seamless st- sat stacking flow. They got their boost program. Got a lot of things. Use the code stacking sats if you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet. That's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> Owls Lacrosse. This trip is also brought to you by our very, very, very good friends. At Unchained Capital, Unchained Capital doing incredible things to bring products to Bitcoiners, leveraging Bitcoin's native properties, and nothing encapsulates that ethos and that drive better than their Vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig collaborative custody product that allows you to engage in a multi-sig setup with Unchained. You hold two keys, Unchained holds one. You can always move your UTXOs out of your multi-sig wallet whenever you so please but if you're ever in a pinch unchained is there to be that two in the two or three signature they have a wake love concierge service that they're offering for you freaks and if you tell them that tftc sent you're going to get 50 dollars off this service the service includes multiple video conferences to get you comfortable with multi-sig what it is uh why you should be using it they're going to get you comfortable with their vault product specifically they're going to send you a couple hardware wallets going to get you comfortable setting those up protecting your seed phrases they're going to get you set up with a vault you're going to have two keys again on chain will have one they're going to make sure that you have your derivation pass written down and saved they're going to make sure you have your seed phrases saved and they're going to dump a thousand dollars a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into your vault at the end of the day on top of this they have incredible pro, uh, uh blogs content parker lewis has gradually then suddenly actually orange pilled somebody with it Earlier this week, it was pretty glorious. I sent the link to Gradually, then suddenly emailed me back two days later, like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. Parker, future mayor of Austin, legend at Unchained Capital, doing the thing to get people into Bitcoin. Drew's also putting out great content. Hoddle Waves. Hoddle Waves came from Unchained. Buck is putting out great content. Great team. Phil Geiger, legends. We're going to link to the concierge service in the show notes, but if you just want to check them out in general, unchained-capital.com. That's unchained-capital.com. This rip is also brought to you by your good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to bring you guys the ability to lend against your Bitcoin in a way 
that makes it anonymous, peer-to-peer, globally, on your own terms. All right, so lend at HODL HODL. It's a new non-custodial Bitcoin-backed lending platform. If you're short of funds, you don't need to sell your Bitcoin. Get some liquidity by borrowing using your Bitcoin as collateral. You set it up again. They're leveraging Bitcoin's native properties using a two of three multi-sig escrow. You hold one key. Your counterparty holds one key. HODL HODL holds the other key. You can always see that your SATs are in the multi-sig escrow account throughout the duration of your loan. You know it's not being rehypothecated. Okay, your collateral always remains locked in escrow. This is available to U.S. users as well because it's non-custodial. Any of you U.S. users have been like, damn, I wish I could use HODL HODL products, but I haven't been able to because they blocked me off because I live under a surveillance state. Well, this is one of the few products you can leverage. And if you have some stable coins, you can enter the other side of that marketplace, put them up to be lent out, and get interest on those. So create your offers and set your own terms at lend.hodlhodl.com. That's lend.hodlhodl.com. Dot com L E N D H O D D excuse me L E N D dot H O D L H O D L dot com. I got it wrong the first go around. Second go around was the correct one. Last but certainly not least is our good friends at Brains. Brains B R A I I N S. The double I. Can't forget the double I. Okay, Brains is helping us do incredible things. They've got uh Bitcoin on top of the mind at all times. Uh, there's a team behind Slush Pool. All right. And they have a couple of major product updates. They can make life much easier for Bitcoin miners, okay? Especially large operations. We've been talking about it. Brains OS Plus Manager. It's a brand new product. It's an online platform that enables larger miners to remotely monitor and manage all their ASICs running Brains OS Plus. So if you're running that firmware... They've got some management software for you. So you can control this stuff remotely uh, on multiple devices and not have to be on site 24-7, which is a huge pain in the ass. Manager is and will always be free for Brains OS Plus miners, and they cannot and they can connect to an unlimited amount of devices. That's what I said. Security and efficiency were top priorities. Brains OS Plus Manager uses Stratum V2 for a smaller and less frequent data transfer. With all ASIC configuration telemetry data being sent via encrypted connections, which protect against eavesdropping and man-in-the-middle attacks. For details on the manager and how it was set up and how you can set it up with your operation, go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com slash blog and check out the Brains OS Plus Manager launch. It's an article. Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Go check it out. And <clears throat> again, it's available if you're running Brains OS Plus which is their firmware that helps miners stack more sats. If it's available for your machines, you should be running it. Slushpool is also getting its first major update in the past couple of years, and we'll have some new industry-first features for Bitcoin mining pools. The update hasn't been launched just yet, but I can tell you that it's going to include an ultra-flexible payout system, customizing mining reward splitting, a best-of-all-dark theme for 24-7 hash rate monitoring. That's easy on the eyes. Follow slush underscore pool on Twitter to see the announcement when the pool update goes live. Uh, I jumped the gun a couple of reads ago on that. It's not live yet. It will be live soon. Again, go follow slush underscore pool to check this out. Edward Cinquesto. Evenson is running that. Edward Cinquesto. This is me whipping you through the mic. When what's minor. Hopefully you're getting your whip and going to your desk. Get the what's minor it out there. Love you guys. Enjoy this rip. 
You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Recording. Go. What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent. Here for another rip, rabbit hole recap. I'm pretty jacked up this week, Matt. Matt, you are at an undisclosed location. It looks beautiful. Uh, it's, it's, it is beautiful down here. I'm very excited this week. That's why uh, Matt, Matt was a little delayed on his travels, why we're starting a little late this week. He's got a fun night ahead of him. Uh, and so we're just going to we're just gonna rip it. We're going to rip into it. What What is your vibe like right now? Have you had any drinks yet? Um, yes, uh, I should probably drink less and I'm working on that freaks. Um, the, did you get called out? <laughs> I mean, no, not necessarily, but I call him, I'm calling myself out. That's good. It's good to keep um, yourself in check. Yeah. So Odell's calling Odell out. Uh, the, the big thing for me this week, I mean, I guess let's just jump right into it. Is this uh marathon patent holding groups, uh, so-called clean block mining they they mine their first uh ofac quote-unquote compliant block today yes yes that was the uh the subject of today's bent and that'll be our first subject let's just go through the dashboard and we'll jump right into that let's do it i've got a lot to say about that too we could go on i think that might take like a, at least 20 minutes to get through it uh according to clark's dashboard Pretty close, pretty close to the crypto watch price right now. $56,360. One cock buck's going to get you 1,774 sats. Current market cap is 1 trillion, 1.05 trillion. What else do we got here? We're at block height 682,278. 89.06% of every Bitcoin that will ever be mined has been mined. That's 18,701,648.00. Nice, even number of bitcoin on the market right now uh we're going to start talking about this stat we're going to talk about this subject too and more in length later but uh taproot activation activation state has started epoch block signal number of blocks 290 in this epoch that's 14.4 percent of the last 2016 blocks um higher percentage of the difficulty adjustment epoch we'll get into the the distinction there later. Um, ch -ch -ch -ch. We had that big difficulty adjustment, and now blocks are coming in at eight minutes and 21 seconds on average. We adjusted down 12.6%. We talked about that last week, and now uh, the next adjustment is in 1,146 blocks. That's estimated to be on May 14th, and that will be a 19.7% upward adjustment. So, pretty volatile difficulty. Over the last two adjustments, down 12.6%. As of right now, next one will be up 19.7%. And I, I think that will be more accurate than uh, the prediction of 25% down two weeks ago. Fees are going up. Pending fees are 1.97 BTC in the mempool and Clark's mempool. Uh, estimated fee versus reward next block is 7.34%. Samurai... Unspent capacity, liquidity is 2,252.59 Bitcoin or 127 million cock bucks. That's pretty static. 
since the last time we we talked about that. And you know, those are the stats of the Bitcoin network right now. We got Bisc trading at a two thousand eh, uh, seventeen hundred thirty dollar premium currently. Woo! Taking taking the jacket off. Let's jump into Marathon. All right. So for any of you freaks who are not aware, Marathon Holdings. Digital Holdings is the, the company. They're a publicly traded Bitcoin mining company. I think they're patent trolls as well. And they... That's the name. Right. And they made a... Uh, I mean, they didn't make an announcement earlier today. Within the last 24 hours, they mined a block. Their mining pool mined its first block. And in the, the Coinbase transaction, they left the message, Mara, which is their pool OFAC compliant block. Um, this is something we've been talking about on RHR for quite some time. It started back in last September when Slick SLIC and was some sort of consortium that was going to get together and create a mining pool that was OFAC and regulator, regulatory KYC AML compliant. Uh, we shit on them pretty hard back then. Marathon has been posturing like this uh, in recent months, and this was the first block they mined. Um, and so, yeah, they, they think that they're mining OFAC compliant blocks. I'll let you start, Matt, and I know I have plenty to add on to it. Well, that's an interesting framing that you said they think they're mining OFAC compliant blocks. Um, I guess that begs the question, what is an OFAC compliant block? Is it possible to have an OFAC compliant block? Right. And so the, the intention or the idea behind an OFAC compliant block is that they're producing blocks that uh, don't interact with uh, bad addresses that have been labeled, listed, by OFAC or aren't uh, aren't compliant with OFAC rules. It's very hilarious, very ironic, because our boy Laurent uh, was working with the Samurai team and working, he built OXT.me, used OXT.me. They used some heuristics to, to uh, discern big addresses, big wallets, and try to connect them to uh, entities. And <laughs> it turns out that the OFAC block compliant block that marathon pool mined uh, actually had two transactions that went to uh, the hydra market the darknet market uh, within the block did you see that um did no i missed that completely i mean i saw some people were sending them taint after the fact but this no was before the fact this was one literally of the, the block they mined laurent looked it up <laughs> had two transactions that were sent like they were sent to wallets owned by the darknet market hydra in, in russia um which is the largest darknet market and uh has historically been bitcoin only which are two interesting aspects the cool thing about hydra has always been that um instead of shipping uh drugs or what whatnot is being sold on the darknet market um, they use like coordinates. So it's, you know, like your, your package is located underneath this bench at these coordinates, um, which I always thought was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, with this, I, I, I don't think, you know, I don't know if the, the correct argument is like, oh, like you're not perfectly compliant. I, I think the crime, the crime, the, the offense to Bitcoin is attempting it in the first place. Right, like attempting to categorize, you know, transactions uh, by this transaction is an okay transaction and this transaction is not an okay transaction um, is an attack on the Bitcoin network. Period. 
if, like if you're if you're not just going based on fees, um, you're you're using a exterior an external method to try and determine which transaction can be confirmed and which can't be confirmed. Agreed. It's an attack on Bitcoin, but I think it's a pretty weak attack because once you dive into the details, it becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly that what they're trying to do is literally impossible. And so I put a great thread from an individual named Jay Bedick in the bent today, and he basically lays this out. I'll just read some of the thread right now. But the concept of a compliant block is a fundamental misunderstanding of the protocol. If you mine on top of a block, you secure all previous transactions a little bit more, regardless if you include non-compliant transactions in your block or not. Since a compliant miner is using an address blacklist, a non-compliant transaction involves an address that previously transacted before the block a compliant miner is mining. Thus, even in attempting to avoid securing the non-compliant transactor's latest transaction in their block, they are securing the previous non-compliant transaction by simply participating in the same blockchain. Said another way, before even considering if such a miner would mine on top of a non-compliant block, after they mine the first block, this miner is securing the non-compliant transactor's transactions by simply coming to the table. So this whole idea of OFAC compliant not uh, including transactions in your block, uh, it's cute, but it, it doesn't hold up to snuff and in, in, in actually deterring any of this. You're actually securing transactions that happened in the past and making them more secure by adding a block. And then if you were going to say, all right, moving forward, we won't do that, you'd have to hope that you have enough hash rate and you probabilistically mine enough blocks in a row uh, to rework the chain every time there's a transaction included in a block that is considered un, uh, unsavory by the regulators that these these groups are trying to achieve uh, uh, appease. Excuse me. So I think this was nothing more than a virtue signal uh, and an attempt to create a premium on the on the Bitcoin that they're mining by saying we're OFAC compliant. I mean the fact that they had two transactions out of 127 that were included in the whole block go to Hydra is fucking hilarious. And then on top of that. If they want to be a legitimate mining pool and actually a mass hash rate, uh, number one, don't attack Bitcoin. Uh, miners are not going to join your your pool. And number two, you better optimize for fees better because they only they only uh, uh, accumulated five million sats worth of fees in that block, which is considerably lower than the average. I believe the next block after that collected 0.31, uh, three, 30, 31 million sats in fees compared to five million. So. You're going to run a successful pool. Don't attack Bitcoin and make sure you're profitable. So it actually, if you are attacking Bitcoin, uh, miners may want to join you because it may be profitable. I mean, I guess it comes down to two things, right? It comes down to whether or not they can get that premium uh, that they're trying to manufacture on on their Bitcoin. And secondly, uh, whether uh, governments require this shit, right? Like, I mean, if... Uh, I mean, I, I could at least see, I mean, this is tangential to another topic we have on the list. I could at least see some states of the United States requiring you to use a pool like this. They might they might put that directly in the regulation. If you want to mine Bitcoin within our borders, then you have to use uh, a compliant pool. And I don't think they give a shit if they're not perfectly compliant uh, as long as they try on a best case scenario, right? Best case basis. Yeah, 
I'm getting yelled at for reading a dashboard and then and then a tweet. But but it, miners will just move, especially if they're not profitable, right? They're they're obviously not as profitable as other mining pools. And again, you're attacking Bitcoin. Like is is the uh, like if a state does mandate that you have to use one of these pools, and it destroys the value of Bitcoin at the end of the day, does it make sense to stay in that state? No, all it takes is one outside of Bitcoin or excuse me, outside of that state to say, Hey, we don't care. Um, but again, I think we're getting too dirty into that game theory too deep into that game. Theoretical situation. I think what we really need to do is just highlight how idiotic this is because every block that you add is basically confirming past transactions um and and so you're and then on top of that you throw in fees which has you can't argue semantics against a fucking state man (laughs) like oh they're gonna oh if they're confirming on top of blocks and those blocks aren't clean then they're not clean like what they're gonna try their best what let's talk about they're not even clean like they they sent two transactions they facilitated two transactions the hydra and then on top of that so this is another thing um related to this particular story is uh our boy ox ox btc1 zero c uh he came out with a a tool called mining pool observer that basically tries to discern whether or not mining pools are, are actively filtering transactions and he said you know using his tool that it's apparent that in block 682.170, they, they weren't filtering. And you could tell because the leftover transactions uh, had just entered his mempool within the last couple of minutes. So it wasn't like they were actively avoiding any transactions. It was nothing more than a virtue signal. Like they didn't actively filter anything. So like it was just a Coinbase virtue signal. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't doubt that it's a virtue signal. I, I still think like it's the beginning of something like no, let's let, let's talk about let's talk about I mean I don't know if we have it on the list but we should have it on the list if we don't um let's talk about your favorite state of the union uh New York and what's like happening over there with gold mining so New York New York State New York State Senate has a this is for different reasons why they have this on the on the floor. On the state Senate floor, there is a bill, very poorly written bill, I may add. A lot of typos. I mean, I'm not one to speak. I, I have a lot of typos in my content and I can't speak too well. But with that being said, if you if you do attain the stature of a state senator and you're gonna put a bill on the floor, you would at least assume that you'd have some aides or interns proofread for you before you put something on record. Uh, I believe the state senator, his last name is Parker or something like that. And he, he basically is asking for a three-year moratorium, 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 moratorium on Bitcoin mining within New York State. Uh, and he's basically, um, he's saying for environmental reasons, it's Bitcoin mining, crypto mining, as he calls it, takes up a lot of energy and due to the fact that new york is trying to reach uh co2 emissions goals and wants to stay in line with the paris accord guidelines uh that there needs to be a three-year moratorium on bitcoin mining to save the planet so different 
different angle. Different angle, but like I could easily see, um, I can easily see a law that says, you know, you have to be a part of a compliant mining pool. And I could easily see that too. I could easily see it be brought to the floor. And it, and it might not be perfect, right? But it could be, they, they could have explicit heuristics that they decide that they're not going to mine. Agree. But again, you just move your shit somewhere else. You think that's going to happen globally? No, I mean, that that's the key, right? The key is that that as long as it doesn't happen globally, another miner will mine your will mine your transaction. And if it is happening at a wide scale, uh, you can increase your fee and maybe some small miner somewhere will take your transaction and mine it. And at scale, that results in that small miner or those small miners uh, making significantly more money, right? Than uh, than the so-called compliant miners. So, so long long term, it shouldn't be sustainable, and that's the whole game theory aspect to it, right? Yes, and I think we're actually while we're on this tip, getting uh, an example of the extreme that states would like to go to which is iran iran's central bank have you seen this yet you've been traveling i doubt it iran's central bank has this declared that transactions of cryptocurrencies which were mined outside of iran are forbidden in iran one can only transact with locally mined bitcoins like what does that even mean exactly exactly that came out today today five hours ago that's a weird one yeah so that's the extreme they'll take it to, right? And if you play the logical conclusion, Iran, Iran central bank is just jumping straight to that, like only in our borders, only pure coins. Like, how do you identify that? Like, well, what they mean probably is they don't mean within their borders because there's probably a considerable amount of miners that are illegally mining or like not registered mining in Iran, right? They probably mean like registered miners in their borders. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they can't. They can't stop. There's already people. So that's again that proves the point. Like there's already people legally, illegally mining in Iran and still using Bitcoin. I think that was probably the here. same as it's like the same as the Western countries, right? Like they just regulate it on the if there's any kind of banking relationships or something like that, it has to be with officially mined Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean they'll try, but how can yeah. you ever? And again, transaction fees. There is a whole wrench into this and you can never make sure that the f- transaction fees attached to a coinbase reward and make up or coin coinbase subsidy to make up the total reward aren't tainted like it's logistically impossible unless you want to mine blocks and not get the fees but that's stupid and again you're going to become unprofitable to the point where you have to shut off your miners anyway did satoshi create a perfect incentive system i think he may have i mean he definitely made a really fucking strong one right but i still think i still think uh i just think that 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 even though like we should be able to rely on this game theory um, it's important for Bitcoiners to realize that this is an attack. Like when we have a mining pool come in and say, we're in the United States, 
we're officially regulated, we're officially compliant, like their goal is going to be the same exact thing we saw with chain analysis and all the other fucking surveillance companies, which is they're going to lobby governments, they're going to lobby fucking senators and say, you know, we need mining in America. And when that mining happens in America, it should happen in a compliant pool that loves America and stands for our ideals. And they're going to say this and they're going to try and attract a bunch of different hash rate. And that is an attack. Um, I don't think that attack will be successful. I think, uh, I think the game theory and the incentives stop it. I think Bitcoiners in general are adver- adversarial and, and will not stand for that kind of thing, um, including miners. Uh, but still, it needs to be registered as an attack. I think it's very important that we sit here today and we, we register the fact that this was the first time We've been talking about this for a long fucking time. And this is the first time that we had a so-called compliant regulatory block get mined. Yeah. No, I think we're on it. We've been warning the freaks about this. Today's bent was about this. It is an attack. It is here. That's why I said in the black, in the bent, like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe we just need to get this attack over with and deal with it the earlier, the better, right? And so another thing to add to this too is 19... Almost 19, excuse me, almost 90% of the Bitcoin that will ever exist have been mined. So that's the, that's another beautiful thing about Bitcoin and its design is the, the steep supply uh, distribution curve. Like that, that also gives us some, some shield as well, right? Like, so before these, um, before these regulations, these strict bullshit regulations can get embedded into the protocol, we already have a significant, significant amount of Bitcoin distributed to the network. Um, yeah, it's definitely an attack. But like, yeah, Great American Mining, we're, <laughs> we, we're laughing at Marathon today because we would never join their pool. And they've hit us up like, oh, would you think about it? Like, no, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's not, you know, you talk to the Steve Barbers of the world, other miners out there. There's some base Bitcoin miners in North America that, are never going to join a pool like this. If we have to, we'll create our own pool. We have to run. I won't speak for Todd and crew, but I, I would run and go somewhere else, take my capital, intellectual capital, and financial capital somewhere else and plug in somewhere else. These people can go fuck themselves. Again, all this shit is built on regulations that do more harm than good. Like that, So that's the message we have to get out there as well, with the message we've been beating home pretty aggressively is this shit is ineffective at the end of the day and all it does is curtail innovation and prevent uh, people from participating in economic systems and commerce that that makes them better off and all to stop uh, a few bad actors as deemed by governments and regulators and again those laws those regulations are subjective to the kleptocrats in power at any given point in time fight back freaks Fuck yes. So yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but 0xB10C on Twitter, uh, pretty based developer. He, he was at Chaincode. I believe he was somewhere else as well. But again, he's got this mining pool dot observer. Go check it out. He's monitoring whether or not pools are actively filtering transactions. And so that's like the thing. It's an attack today. Like, so like this was, this was the shot across the bow 
This was not the attack. The attack would be if they were actually filtering transactions, which they didn't do, which 0x B1OC proved uh, with his mining pooled out observer tool. They didn't actually. Right. I mean, to be clear, and this is something that I think is important for people to realize, considering taproot signaling is in the news, is that miners can choose in their Coinbase tag what tag they put there. So that tag is not a verifiable thing. Anyone can put whatever they want to put there. Uh, When I say Coinbase, I don't mean the exchange. The exchange decided to take the term um, for the original transaction every time a block is mined, and that's the Coinbase transaction. And you can put a tag in there. Um, And that, that tag is usually how we determine which mining pool is which. And historically, mining pools have been completely honest about it. They'll put whatever tag is in there, you know, we are F2 pool, or we are a Binance pool. And, and that's how we can tell what the hash rate is because we take those, that amount of, of signaling. And then we, we interpret it as the hash rate after the fact. Um, now the, there is, it's, it's, it's worth keeping in mind. There's other heuristics, like sometimes they'll mine to the same addresses over and over again. So obviously it's, it's probably the same pool unless they want to lie and, and, uh, and fund another pool just to like fuck around. Um, but with, with this situation, it's exactly what Marty said. I, to me, it's not anything to do with the specific transactions. A miner in their fucking Coinbase tag fucking put, we are OFAC compliant. We are attempting to be OFAC compliant. That is the attack, right? It's like the, it, and, and it's like you said, it's almost like a, they're announcing it ahead of time, right? It's like like old school warfare, right? Where they they like blow the horn and wave the flag before they attack is, is kind of how it feels to me, right? It's like, we are OFAC compliant. We are proud of it. And if you want to join the best compliant mining pool of North America, we are that 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 compliant pool, right? And, and that's the signaling that I see happening. And that's something that I think it's important for the community to push back on hard. Yeah, because uh, I don't want to see forty percent, thirty-five percent of you know North American hash rate go over to this kind of pool and feel like they can do that um, without any kind of public pushback. Yeah, sit there with your dick in your head, marathon. <laughs> we'll never be joining your pool at Great America Mining. I can tell you that for certain. And I'm not going to name names, but I've talked to other mining pools about this. I mean, obviously, we talked to a lot of pools at Great American Mining, and mo- like everyone except for these virtue signalers who I don't even think they care about OFAC. These people don't fucking care about being OFAC compliant. They want to be able to sell their coins for a premium and they think doing this will allow them to do so. Every other mining pool that we've spoken with is like, no, we'll never do that. And again, laying out the reasons that I just did is it's literally impossible. Like it's a bullshit marketing ploy. Like you can never guarantee that at all. Um, just do the nature of how Bitcoin, the protocol works. Marathon patent group, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like you, I got a lot to say. I can't say it on air though. I can't say it on air. I love the passion, Marty. Dump their stock. Dump their stock. If you (laughs) dump their stock, if you're out there and you're holding their stock because you're like doing like a Bitcoin mining play, dump their stock. Let them know. Fuck these people. Not investment advice. (laughs) Ethical advice. (laughs) Okay, Marty, what's the next topic? uh where do we start here our list is all over the place today um well let's stay we're mining pools this is actually you mentioned f2 pool earlier um 
F2 pool, uh, Chun Wang, Chun Wang from F2 pool announced earlier this week. Uh, again, you just have to take his word for it, but I think it, I don't see why he would lie about this. Give me pushback if you think he would, but in April of this year, the first month of F2 pools, eight years of operation that they saw more hash rate emanating from countries outside of China than within. So the majority of hash rate on F2 pool in April was coming. Yeah, I don't from believe that. him for a fucking second. No, you don't believe him. No, dude, dude is a fucking player. Like we, we're just trusting without verifying now. Gotta verify. How can you verify, right? We can't. We can't. So I don't. I don't believe it. Well, it's a data point. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say I wouldn't be surprised. So F two pool was like, they were the best at fucking around with signaling for Segwit last time around, and. I, I, I believe he made a lot of money off of it because he controlled a large amount of Litecoin hash rate and a large amount of Bitcoin hash rate in terms of his pool operation. And he was like fucking around with signaling on both chains and like trading them at the same time. I'm pretty sure like because he, he was getting and we're going to see this and everyone's going to act like so fucking surprised. Like when we get around 90 percent threshold for taproot signaling in any given difficulty uh period which is how it's set up um you're gonna see miners flip back and forth and they're gonna be playing the markets and the markets are gonna dump and go up and you're gonna see accounts <clears throat> on twitter that are gonna make it are the really market's bullish. trading like, on taproot activation though i would push back yeah no but no because what happens is it doesn't even matter if, it's not like if, there's a fork future derivative no, but Marty, the thing that you can is, trade is like, like Marty, was. Marty, the thing is, is like we're gonna go over ninety percent, and everyone's gonna go on Twitter to try and get the engagement, and they're gonna say Taproot, this privacy and and scalability upgrade to Bitcoin is gonna get passed at ninety percent, and then it's gonna drop under, and then there's gonna be fud, and it's gonna be a pump, and there's gonna be a dump, and that, that's wait, what wait. happens. How's this activation work? Once it gets, how long is that to stay over ninety percent? I thought it was oh, once it, it gets has over. to be for the difficulty period. With the, I thought it was trailing 2016 blocks. So let's get into that. Tap well, I thought thing. it was I thought it was difficulty period, but maybe it's trailing 2016 blocks. But regardless, my point is, oh no, that would be different. I'm pretty sure it's the difficulty period. I'm I like don't know. 99% so that, sure it's did you hear what period. I said when I was reading the dashboard? Like Clark's dashboard is doing 2016 blocks trailing. That's because if you do the percentage of this difficulty, Ben epoch, the Carmen is saying it's difficulty period, Marty. Is it? Yeah, Clark, update update your. If it's difficulty period, which makes a lot more sense because of reorgs and whatnot, and that would make it really fucking confusing. uh, The Clark, you need to update your dashboard. There's gonna be fuckery around ninety percent, and and sites like Taproot.watch are going to predict a ninety percent swing. They're gonna predict. They're gonna predict at like a thousand blocks in. They're gonna predict Taproot is passing. And I'm not going to name the names of the accounts, but there's going to be a bunch of accounts that are going to tweet out. Taproot is passing. We're going to have this fucking upgrade and we're going to fucking pump on that news. And then the miners are going to flip and to make sure that we're underneath. And they're going to do that for a couple difficulty periods because it's free. It's free money. Their long-term game theory is that they need to improve Bitcoin. And I, I, I have complete belief that they will, they will go along with Taproot. But in the meantime, they can they have a couple of free difficulty periods where they can fuck around and they're going to claim 
you know, we don't have control of the full hash rate. Like some miners aren't firmware isn't upgraded. Like there's a flip. They're going to call They're, they're going to have some kind of plausible, deniable reason why they flipped. But really, it's going to be because the pool operator is using inside information to trade the markets based on that signaling. Not, I'm not so sure that the Bitcoin price is going to move on Taproot okay. signaling that much. But we'll see. I was wrong. Freaks will, Dash freaks will remember. I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought it was trailing. The freaks will remember. Um, yeah, so it doesn't look like it's going to happen this difficulty period. I don't know why I thought it was trailing. But yeah, it's locked in within a difficulty period. Yeah. And who knows? That's why... That's why you have the automatic. Uh, you have the November twelfth user activated software, correct? Like Luke, Luke Dasher's implementation that you could run. Well, no, it's it's October of next year, right? No, I thought it started November twelfth this year. Ben, Ben, let me know if I'm wrong. I'm pretty uh, sure user activated isn't this fall, but continue. Uh, could be wrong but yeah no i mean so that you're you're so you're bearish so you think you're gonna win the bet no i don't think i'm gonna win the bet i just think mine is gonna fuck around that's what i'm trying to say matt is right matt is right is that what that's what the chat said yeah i can't see the chat yeah you're right there we go i love being right i know Stay you humble do. matt i know you do um the <laughs> The, the, all I'm saying is that the miners are going to, I like all, you should assume miners are going to fuck around, Marty. I'm sorry that you're a miner, but I just assume that the miners are going to fuck around and they're going to use their privileged position to fuck around. And that's what they did last time. I expect them to do it this time. Nuance, nuance, engage in nuance. Okay. Like this is not nearly as contentious as Bcash was. There was futures for a, a higher block size coin versus the Segwit chain last time around that doesn't exist this time around there's no futures markets to, to toggle with unless like ftx spins up a token or you something. don't need a future market you just trade bitcoin but like again like I up don't and down people, bro. i don't think people like most of the people buying bitcoin right now these institutions are have no idea about taproot or what's going on it doesn't matter it's gonna get memed into existence <laughs> for engagement i'm we're already seeing the taproot shit get memed like if if you were an early account to post that taproot was over 50 percent activation of mining pools you got over a thousand likes the other day and and what it hasn't been over 50 percent since then but they got the engagement they wanted the engagement they create that pump you're talking to somebody who hasn't who has an engagement horde on this and that's not I, what i'm saying that's not my point people will you know they make know. they create the pump they create the pump this is bullish this is bullish as fuck taproot's getting activated oh wait they flipped it's not getting activated and then we dump and then we, we're going to do that a couple times. I think that's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm, maybe I have, you know, a little bit of, um, maybe the history fucked me up a little bit, but it is what it is. That's what I, that's what I expect. And I think it's healthy. It's healthy to assume that I miners will fuck around with you and act in their best interest short term. It's healthy to assume to trade that the markets on their power that we're giving them. It's healthy to assume that, but I don't think this has any power over the markets. I think it's going to get, I don't think the miner is going to fuck with it. But with that being said, there was an interesting, um, there was an interesting data point or something to take into consideration that got highlighted by Alejandro at Poolin this week, which is one of their firmware, uh, one of the firmware, uh, one of the firmwares they were running for one of their proxy nodes for their pool for Poolin. 
wasn't compatible with like tapered activation signaling. So like they, they were like, they were signaling, unsignaling, signaling. And that was an issue with firmware. At least that's what Alejandro said. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, so Marty, do you think, do you think taproot is bullish if it's merged into Bitcoin? If it's, uh, act, if it's activated? I do, yeah. but I don't think, again, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the efficient, uh, do you think market. it's already priced in? You think you think Taproot's already priced? No, in? I don't think it'd be tap. I don't think it'd be priced in until like years after when people start building software into wallet software that that utilizes and leverages the functionalities that Taproot provides. That's when it'll be priced in. What percentage of the market do you think believes that Taproot's going to be activated? Well, uh, the better question is, what percentage of the market even knows that Taproot exists? Yeah, what what percent of the market even knows that Taproot exists? Five. Really, you think that much? Five percent of Bitcoin owners. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You think it's higher than that? You think it's higher than that? I think it's significantly higher than that. No way. My mom has no idea what Taproot is. My dad. And your mom is not like five percent of the market. (laughs) There's a hundred million people that own Bitcoin, and a lot of them. Are rich yeah, yeah, but, but there's boomers. a lot of people that don't own that much Bitcoin. They don't. There's a lot of rich boomers who have no idea. I'm talking about percentage of you coins know, owned or like volume or something. I, I don't even know like how you would call. Yeah, it. Let's take the Winklevi. Did the Winklevi even fucking know the Tapper's going on? 100%, no, percent no way, dude. They didn't even fucking know. Like they how at least know a surface work. level. They know a surface level like Taproot. Good. I want Taproot. I no, I honestly don't think they do, dude. They don't okay. give a shit. Well, we'll see. We'll see, Marty. We shall see. It's my favorite part about this show. We'll see. We have timestamps. We put this out there. We put our hearts on the line, freaks, for you. Should we go to shout outs since we forgot them last week? Yeah, let's let's definitely fucking hit the shout outs. <laughs> and I have a hard stop. I have a hard stop in a half hour. So we got a half hour. Wow. Yeah, bro. I've never done this to you. I know. I, I gave you a half hour notice at least. Half hour, damn! How are we yeah, what is it? That'll be like a nice hour and fifteen minute rip, right? Something like that. <laughs> I did. My mom has nine hundred thousand Bitcoin, so we have to go past. <laughs> did someone say that in the chat? <laughs> yeah. Well, your mom is fucking awesome. Good for her. Okay, here we go. Hey boys, the value of TFTC content is immeasurable. Thank you. I've been trying my darndest to familiarize myself with the Lightning Network, yet I can't seem to stumble upon just the right tutorial. So far, I have Zap connected to L&D on my Nodal Dojo. This part was easy. This part was so easy that it was almost like magic. Now, I know that funding the Zap wallet is the next step. Then, I think I should open a channel with someone, in parentheses, doesn't matter who, uh, so that I will be connected with the Lightning Network. Right? Question mark. No question mark before i play around with this i am trying to understand how i will get my funds back out and on chain excuse me is there a way to send bitcoin to myself via lightning and then close the channel so i'm basically get my bitcoin minus fees right back in other words can i send myself via lightning send to myself via lightning no question mark also if i can do this does it in any way enhance the (laughs) privacy of the resulting utxo that I receive back to myself. Can you drop some Matt and Marty <laughs> wisdom on me? Thank you again from feeling dumb. 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're not dumb. Second of all, like, don't don't send us a shout out for this. Just like DM me about this question. Um, I mean, I, I I think what you should do is you should open the channel to like a large, uh, a large routing node. Consider stacking Sats TFTC node, um, and then from there you can send it to Moon Wallet, and then Moon Wallet you can then convert it back to on-chain Bitcoin. And if you convert it back to on-chain Bitcoin, you will have the inbound balance. Um, that's the hack. But you you can't just send it to yourself. Otherwise, you don't you don't get anything. No. You have to send it through a third party, basically. But like the channel management, what other advice we like? So if you open a channel with somebody, you have incoming liquidity, correct? Not outgoing. No, the opposite. Opposite. You have outgoing liquidity you can send, but you can't receive. Right. Um, so if you want to receive Bitcoin, you have to go out there and uh, basically find somebody who's willing to open a channel from them to you um, and so that you can receive Bitcoin. So that's one thing you need to take into consideration. Uh, and this is a shout out we missed last week. So hopefully this freak's listening in anticipation for this week. But yeah, so that's one thing to take into consideration, though. There's a topic we're going to touch on after the shout outs that sort of mitigates this problem. Uh, but it's not a solution that's widespread yet, which is dual funded channel opens. Um, so yeah, there's, there's many things to take into consideration. Uh, who to open with. Uh, you can reach out. You can DM Matt, who's in contact with the person who stole our node. And uh, he, he'd happily open up a, 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 a channel worth 500,000 sats. Is that what he's, he's going for these days? Yeah, 500,000 sats minimum. That's sicko. Um, you can reach out to me. I've got a node as well. Um, I can I can reduce my minimum. That's a little too rich for you. But yeah, and... but your minimum is higher than five hundred thousand sets. <laughs> no, I said I can I can give you a lower minimum. Okay. If um, I uh... and then closing. So the, when you close your channel, right? Like you 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 close the channel. When you construct the channel open, it gives a basically like a change address receipt. Correct? Is that how that works? It's like a multi-sig transaction. So when you close a channel, you're you're paying your on-chain fee. So so the reason that people say like do a channel of a certain size, do at least five hundred thousand sats, which is on the lower end. A lot of people say do at least like a couple million sats. Yeah, I'm a three million um, guy to be honest. Is is because is because when it comes time to for you to close the channel and settle it on chain, it could be in five years, six years. And at that point, who knows where fees are going to be? I expect fees are going to be significantly higher. And 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 the larger your sat, the larger the amount of sats, the lower the percentage your fee is when you hit the chain, when you come back and hit the chain. So like really when you're when you're talking about these things in terms of making lightning channels, in the beginning, sure, fuck around, play around, you know, open, close, do all these things, play around with it. But long term, what you're looking for is you're looking for partners that you can be you can have these channels with for years you're talking like five six seven years you don't want to hit the chain again every time you hit the chain you're getting you're getting hit with fees agreed so be aware freak thank you for the question if you have any follow-up questions on that please feel free to dm us uh, I, I, next just wanna, one, I just want to quickly just shout out uh ln.guide ln.guide by bitcoin q a so just 
if you go there, he's got a really good repository of 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 lightning information uh, for a beginner focused. And then if you go to mattodell.com, there is a resource there to open arms is lightning node management. I think it's called lightning node management in my list. Um, I don't know what his actual uh, domain is, so I'm, I'm not going to show that. But if you go to mattodell.com, it's in my resource list and you can go to lightning node management. He's got a really good Git book about that. Yes. Beware freaks. Next shout out. I think it's an ad, so I'm not going to read like the addy parts. I've been going back and forth with this guy in DMs. I'm like, dude, you sent me an ad. <laughs> but he paid, so this was the second attempt to let me know if you received two Lightning Network payments. I did not I only received one. Conspiracies or amok. Will Michael Saylor sink his yacht at the $100,000 party to collect insurance, cuck bucks, and buy Bitcoin? If invited, bring your life jackets and private key freaks. Atlantium is an app it's like a there's a lightning network predictions app i think it's by fiat joff i'll let him shill it if he listens to this and oh wait if it's by fiat joff you can just shill give him a free ad okay what, what is his we just uh... killed you shit coiners whoever started that shit coin i forgot her name uh predictions.etlenium.com that's p-r-e-d-i-c-t-i-o-n-s dot e-t-l-e-n-e-u-m dot com basically predictions market with bitcoin but i went into it it's like pretty centralized like you need to trust it's 100 percent centralized that's his point it's you like the, it's somebody. the same thing as it's the same thing as like binance smart chain or whatever it's like it, he, he's he's flexing that we could do this already if you just have a pseudonym run a centralized market for it yeah which is cool i appreciate him he, i think he does great work he has ellen ellen transaction bot on fucking uh telegram He's not a fan. Of, he's not a fan of value for value for streaming sats. He thinks streaming sats is stupid, though. Well, if you stream sats through Telegram, consider it. Speaking of streaming sats, if you guys want to listen to this via Sphinx and stream us sats, stream Citadel Dispatch sats, we've got our tribes there. Your tribe's pretty lively on Sphinx, bro. Yeah, I mean, you inspired me. We're going hard over there. That's. I think we may have like. I think TFTC Citadel Dispatcher, like uh, this week at least, I've been paying attention. Two most popping. Love it. Okay. All right. Next shout <laughs> My out. My favorite was your Tika <laughs> at the end of uh, the Assange uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, if you freaks haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Free Julian. Did you see the uh, President of Azerbaijan getting uh, interviewed? I did not watch it, but I, you I didn't saw watch it, comments. Dude? I saw comments, but I didn't watch it. I was on the plane. Uh, this is, I mean, it's it's a beautiful, a poetical. I believe is being interviewed by uh, a British politician or not British politician, a British journalist over what happened in Azerbaijan, the Azerbaijani Armenian crisis uh, that happened within the last twelve months. I can't speak to that at all. I'm not well abreast on the the politics and uh, that particular war within Azerbaijan. Um, and I'm not sticking up for the president of Azerbaijan in any way, but I just thought it was beautiful how he caught this journalist in a catch 22 who was basically trying to call him out and saying that like, you don't let dissidents, uh, uh, speak up, you, you jail them. You don't have free speech in your country. And he was like, don't come here and fucking lecture me on this shit. Like, what about Julian Assange? Like you people in the Western world claim to be all about free speech, free press, 
freedom of association, yet you have Julian Assange hostage in the United Kingdom because he exerted his right to free press and basically <laughs> highlighted some objective truths that were going on in the name of American taxpayers. So we don't have a free press here. We don't have a free society. Matthew, are we free? I'm going to answer it for you. No, we're not. I mean, I, you know, I have not watched it, but I would push back that, you know, there are different, definitely shades of gray here, right? There are, uh, um, we do have one of the most free press. We're hypocrites. We're hypocrites, dude. Don't say that. Don't rationalize this. Well, no, I'm not rationalizing it. I'm just, you know, kind of telling, you know, the authoritarian in Azerbaijan to go fuck himself a little bit. Yes, that's no, all. that's what I wanted to preface it with is like, but that's the thing. When you don't have a free press, you let these authoritarians, these dictators basically catch you in a right. catch-22. It's like, you are no better than me. This is why I don't block anybody. I block a lot. Because if I block one or two people, then the rest can say, well, you're, you know, you're no, you're no worse than the scammer that blocks you preemptively because you just block them. So I don't block anybody. I don't think blocking is as, is a, as it's a bad. similar concept, Marty. I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as uh, <laughs> putting people in jail for, for reporting on stuff. I mean, but it's a, it's a similar, it's a, it's, it's the same concept of you have to hold yourself to a higher standard because if you don't hold yourself to a higher standard, then it's very hard to, um, critique others um, because they have these easy. I don't critique people for blocking. Gotcha things. Okay. I I advise you to block people liberally. But all the scammers do it as well. That's that's true. That's true. There's there's very popular accounts that just immediately block me when they when they join Twitter to make sure that I don't say anything. Amen. You're blocked by Amen. I'm blocked by many, many, many of many a large account. Me as well, including the Andre Brent. Yeah, what is that account? <laughs> like, is he like mocking me? Is it like a? I think he's mocking you, but he, he also blocked you, right? So that's you know. Yeah, there, yeah. Apparently, there's an account out there. He's got like a daily newsletter. Shit quitter. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Next. Uh, Next shout out. I think you're gonna like this one. All caps. Matt O'Dell has a duck mentality from Vake. You know, I Vake is always, you know, innovating and it's just impressive, you know. But duck mentality is by far the best mentality to have. Duck is a delicious poultry. Wait until you hear this one. Matt O'Dell has a truck mentality from Vake. There we go. Is it better than duck? Would you prefer to be a duck or a truck? Oh, definitely a truck. I mean, that sounds like a compliment. <laughs> Duck mentality sounds like attack. Well, stop giving all these the best. Here's the next one. Matt O'Dell <laughs> has a hockey puck mentality. Vake. I still like truck. Truck, truck mentality is the best. All right. Truck Did Vake, Vake sent us three mentality <laughs> mentality uh, shout outs in a row? This week. Shout out, Vake. Love you, Vake. <laughs> what a boss. He is a boss. Yeah, he's down there. Vakes is swooping up people in Florida, baby. Lady sweeping ladies off the Orlando beaches, even though it's inland. He's down there. Crushing. Hello, gentlemen. I'm sending this as a as I drink a beer on my last official day of work for an altcoin project. Shout out to you. In a couple of weeks, I'll be starting a new job at a company that builds directly on top of Bitcoin. There's a lot I want to share with my Bitcoin friends, but Bitcoin has taught me a lot about privacy. 
protecting mine and respecting yours. I have one message for the freaks out there. Stay humble. Stack sets. I like that one. Congrats on getting out of all kind of purgatory. Actually, That's a shout out I could get behind. Right. All right. Last but not least. Whew. Hi, guys. been following TFTC for years now, and especially RHR, which I don't think I've ever missed out on since discovering it. Every week, I look forward to tuning in, hearing the two of you banter, and catch up on the world of Bitcoin. Both of you have been largely responsible for my maximalist tendencies and the humble profits I have made along the way. So I figured it was my time to make my small contribution to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, I do, however, want to squeeze every sat out of this shout out. So I have the following query. Can you point me toward resources that would help me understand how protocol changes are proposed and implemented? Who reviews them? Who is allowed to change the source code? How does one end up being allowed to implement changes? This is an area, etc. This is an area I am shamefully ignorant about and need to remedy. Thank you for all that you do. Stay humble and stack sats. Mill. P.S. Please. Can you tell my best mates, Jim and Thomas, to stop trading shitcoins? All my efforts have failed so far. So I'll start, Jim and Thomas. I'm not going to tell you to stop trading shitcoins. It's like a, a losing battle. Just That's why we say stay humble, stack sats. Jim and Thomas, uh, many people have tried to trade shitcoins and have ended up losing more Bitcoin than if they had just stay humble and stack sats. But I would say to you that if you're going to be a shitcoiner, at least be a proper shitcoiner, hold your own keys, and use your own note. Agreed there. All right. In terms of the meat of this shout out, the question behind it, where can you find Bitcoin improvement proposals? You can find them on uh, Bitcoin's GitHub page, github.bitcoin slash Bitcoin. And the BIP should live somewhere in that rep repository. And a BIP stands for Bitcoin Improvement Proposal. That was instituted by Luke Dasher back in the day, um, way back in the day. And so basically to get things added into uh, the Bitcoin core protocol specifically, uh, somebody proposes a BIP, hey, here's a Bitcoin. Well, first they propose an idea, say, here's an idea I have uh, to insert into Bitcoin that I think would be advantageous. People, developers in the open source community on that GitHub page on github.com slash Bitcoin slash Bitcoin. Basically, look at the proposal. Usually starts on the mailing list, actually. And say, hey, this may be a good idea. Like, let's assign it a BIP. Uh, the, the maintainers assign it a BIP number. And then maintainers, that word gets into who actually adds the code, emerges the code into Bitcoin Core. We'll talk about Bitcoin Core specifically just for the, the uh, intention of this shout out. Um, so you have lead maintainers, uh, Vladimir, uh, who else is a lead maintainer right now? Marco Falke, um, I believe Fanquake got added as a yeah, Fanquake is Fanquake's maintainer. But I mean, I, the number one thing, and first of all, uh, NVK is I just opened the chat on my phone and I see NVK is telling people to block me. Um, you weak motherfuckers, you, you can block me all you want, but uh, I'm still watching. I got my incognito. I can see you. Um, the, I think the important thing for people to realize, for the freaks to realize, is that ultimately you're in charge of, of, of running your own node and using your own node. And when it comes time to upgrade, you're choosing whether or not you upgrade to the next software. 
And, and Bitcoin by design does not have auto updates so that you'll never get a notification unless you're running some kind of malicious software that says you have to update to this newest software. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to use Bitcoin and, or even worse, not even notification, just like it updates you automatically. That'll never happen with Bitcoin. Um, that is by design. It, it takes a user to actively upgrade to new rules if rules are going to change. Um, and on that note, I mean, obviously the ideal is that every user is able to read code and like see any changes that happen. But ultimately, even if you're not, it as, as a Bitcoin stakeholder, it behooves you to be in tune with, with what changes are being made and making a educated decision whether or not you want to run new software and you, and you're going to have to make that decision. And there's no easy answer there. That is a personal responsibility thing. That's why we're all here. Um, that'll always be more difficult, but, but ultimately what it comes down to is that every user is going to have to upgrade these, this thing on their own um, of their own volition. And because of that, you have a system that is very resistant to change. Um, contentious changes are hard to push through the system. And, and that is basically uh, one of the main value props of Bitcoin. Opt-in. It's opt-in, freaks. You don't have to accept it. But I thought this was a very good question for any noobs out there. How do, how do changes get added into Bitcoin? Uh, typically starts on the mailing list. Somebody's like, hey, I've got this idea. Which uh, You go to Linux Foundation mailing list. There's Bitcoin-dev which is where most of the individuals working on Bitcoin uh, congregate on a mailing list, Bitcoin Core specifically, to talk about developments on the network. Somebody will have an idea there. There'll be discussion in an email thread, usually on Bitcoin Dev. Um, and then the mailing list will say, all right, like make a bip about this, like move it to GitHub, and then we'll, we'll have uh, the the process which the open source community acts or enacts it, acknowledges that it's a good update or negs it, that it's not a good update. Um, and then from there, you you can get like a, a assigned a BIP number. And somebody, a freak in the comments, corrected me. It was Amir Taki who introduced the, the Bitcoin improvement proposal process, which um, is correct. Um, I believe that was for PTUSH as well. I, I believe Luke Dasher assigns the bip numbers um yeah you're getting blocked all over the place dude even on the accounts i don't own <laughs> <laughs> all right that was a shout out for the week thank you freaks for the shout outs if you guys are listening to this on youtube smash that subscribe button if you're watching live on periscope or twitter please retweet uh if you guys want to contribute add shout outs you can go to tftc.io slash contribute we love shout outs favorite part of our show and matt are you really fucking leaving me in like five minutes? Uh, we got 10 minutes. Damn. Diva over here. Diva. Dude, we, used to, we used to, back in our heyday, RHR was like a tight hour. What do you freaks like? Tight hour? Or... I mean, I think, I think the important thing for the freaks to realize is that we've gone over two and a half years of every week straight coming to the freaks so i i i do apologize if this is a little bit short but um i think the important thing to realize is that i landed 
And the first thing I did was make sure I got a solid internet connection, set up the mic, <laughs> set up the headphones, and I'm here with you, freak. So I love you all. Um, and this is why we do what we do. Agreed. I'm just I'm just pulling your chain here. Whoa. Bisque premium. Just jumped. Is that a leading indicator? Are we gonna go to 62.5? What should we do? Should we do quick software updates? Yeah, let's hit them with the software updates first, and then let's keep going after that till we hit my we're not going to read any release notes. Bitcoin yeah, Core version 0.21.1 has been released. New multi-sig guide from our boy Bitcoin Q&A has been released. Bitcoiner.guide slash multi-sig. Um, this month in Bitcoin privacy from our girl Janine has been released. April's privacy updates. Blue Wallet version 6.1.0 has been released. Umbrella version 03.10 has been released. Phoenix version 1.4.11 has been released and that is the software updates and at the end of the software updates i want to give a personal shout out to janine who is uh the individual that connected us with gabriel shipton um julian assange's brother and helped coordinate that episode she's awesome she really is and she's also uh a fellow board member for open sats oh shit dude how do you not have this on the list let's talk about it um this has been a long time coming. We've been looking forward to this for a very long time. Uh, the OpenSats initiative. Um, the vision is a pleb-focused uh, initiative where people can, where plebs can provide funding um, to open source devs, free and open source devs. And a lot of them will be Bitcoin focused, but it'll also be like tertiary stuff to Bitcoin, not shit coins, but like, like uh, not Signal because they're super funded or Tor, but something like that, right? Like uh, communications and um, yeah, networking and uh, hardware and all these different things that, that are around Bitcoin, including Bitcoin stuff. Um, and, and it'll be a way for us to kind of um, like weaponize the plebs, like let's weaponize the plebs for good. Uh, and we're doing it in a full 501c3. Um, so it's non-for-profit if you're in America. Um, it's 100% pass-through. So literally no one on the board is taking any money. We're not, no one's getting paid. Um, and all funds are held in Bitcoin and all grants are given in Bitcoin. So my vision is basically and why I joined is, is this idea that if we could get every pleb to give $25 a month, uh, $50 a month automatic through their credit card, and we'll dollar cost average it for you. I, when you pay us, we'll just automatically convert that into sats. And then we'll hold that as sats, and then we'll contribute that out as sats. Um, if we could get you know, 1,000, 2,000 plebs at that $50 level a month, um, then we don't have to worry about going to corporations and going to exchanges and going to all these different KYC exchanges and trying to get funds from them. If, if we have this solid base, we can then provide that out to all these different free open source projects that we, we care so much about. Uh, so it's super exciting to finally uh, get a soft launch here. Um, and we're gonna start accepting uh, contributions pretty soon. Uh, right now we have the site up, it's opensats.org. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited about it. Proud of you, brother. I know you've been working on this behind the scenes for 
for some time now. And I completely co-sign and endorse what you guys are doing. I think, I mean, that's, a, that's behind the scenes. And one of the big questions, like, are these corporations funding all these devs? Is it just an attack vector, a spook vector to, to control Bitcoin? I don't think so. But if you want to, if you want to enter the game theoretical funding game and give the plebs some some leverage and have at least a, a curb on it in case that is true and this is the perfect way so open opensats.org correct correct and to be clear like we do have some of the best companies in bitcoin are are contributing to this effort as well um, but me me personally and and just to name a few uh, we have CoinKite, we have Noddle, we have Ledger, we have BottlePay. Um, they're all contributing uh, to this launch effort. Um, John Pfeffer's contributing. Um, so we, we, have, we have a lot of contributors that I'm very happy about. Um, but ultimately, what I want to see is I, I really like this idea of having um, like a pleb initiative. Like I, I, I think that's like, I think it's something that a lot of us have wanted. Um, but they haven't had like the venue to do it through, you know, and, and I think this can provide that. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. Yes. And there's nothing going on at Bitcoin dev list too. That's still going as well. If you want to Bitcoin dev list is completely directly. separate. That's like, they're hosting their own BTC pay server. They're getting paid directly. So with this is going to be like kind of a combination. So, so you, we will focus devs and we'll focus projects. And you can go onto the website and you're going to be able to choose um, if I want to earmark, you know, to this dev or to this project, but then there'll also be a general fund. And what I expect to happen is a lot of the contributions are just going to go to the general fund. And then the general fund is going to be decided where that goes is going to be decided uh, on the board. We have a, when we have a nine person board, it's, it's me, Elaine, Udi, um, James O'Byrne, like we have like a, we have a powerhouse board, Janine, powerhouse board. Um, so I'm really excited about that aspect uh, because I do think a lot of people don't know, they, they want to contribute, but they don't know where they want it to go. Um, but if they want it to go directly to the d developer, and if you are a developer, I encourage you go sign up on Bitcoin DevList. You should also sign up on opensats.org. Um, but if you want to contribute directly to the developer, and you don't care about tax deduction, you'll always be better off going to BitcoinDevilist.com because you'll be able to contribute directly to them with no pass-through. Um, but if you care about the tax deduction, you still want to support a direct to a contributor, then you can do that through us. We'll give you the tax deduction. We'll pass it through to, to the, um, the recipient. But then we are, at, we are acting as a middleman, right? Like it, it, the, the organization is acting as a middleman. Yeah, you're trusting your organization to distribute the funds in a way in which you think would be advantageous. TFTC will be DCAing into this fund every month. We'll, we're going to be setting up a recurring uh, donation. Encourage you all to do it. Uh, good segue into the next segment, which is about Bitcoin Beach. Again, we talked about it a little bit last week, but officially launched this week, which is their initiative. Uh, our good friend Miles Suter is leading this charge um to basically raise funds in the in honor of Catherine Diaz the professional surfer who was tragically uh, killed by a lightning strike in Elizante El Salvador um 
we are or miles the bitcoin beach crew are raising funds to build a new uh center uh, in el zante um a training center uh, in Catherine's name again i'm not trying to blow smoke up our own ass here but tftc will be contributing to these efforts too and we encourage you to do the same we will be putting five thousand dollars worth of sats uh towards this endeavor i'm sending those tomorrow um so if you guys are interested in supporting a good bitcoin community in el salvador highly recommend you do that as well um matt how much time do we have with you you're hot commodity right now i love you all um this is a very important topic and i think it's very I, w- I want to encourage all the freaks to donate. Um, it's really a shame what happened. And, uh, I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the guys at Bitcoin Beach and Miles Suter, uh, who's operating over there, and Jack Mahlers, who's also participating. Um, together, Cash App and Strike are working on, you know, bringing as many donations as possible into uh, this fund. I think they're targeting 10 Bitcoin um to to secure the land build the facility and then maintain the facility afterwards indefinitely um and this will be a surfing facility for um the whole national team which doesn't have a facility currently um so i think it's a very good cause um she seems like a very beautiful person and it's really a shame that what happened to her uh so i'm very happy that we are we are contributing um, we, we will be giving 10 million sats to, uh, this cause. And I think that's really important. Um, and I encourage all of you to do as well or yes. give something like, I don't encourage you to give 10 million sats. I understand if that is a little bit rich for your blood. Yeah. I've already got a, a cash apps donating a hundred thousand dollars. I saw Francis Paulette, uh, is donating, I believe 10 million sats as well. Um, people are hopping on this. If you're a surfer, if you're a Bitcoiner, it's a great cause. What's going on on a Bitcoin beach in El Zante is I'm picking it up. They're putting it down. I'm picking it up. I'm liking it. I like what's going on there. They're, they're getting uh, a city ingratiated with Bitcoin. And it seems like the people of El Zante, at least what is being reported from Bitcoin beach are, are picking up on it. So something you love to see. And as a surfer myself uh, and having been to these surf towns, like I, there's nothing it would give me more joy than to support this. So if you're thinking about it, do it, do it. I need 10, I need a trillion sats, not trillion, a billion, billion sats. My sats conversion is way off, Matthew. Yeah. 10 Bitcoin is Toshi billionaire. Uh, what do you, you pick the last, you're, you're the diva right now. I'll let you. We got to talk about cash app. Cash app's fucking killing it. Cash app. Three point five one billion dollars of revenue in Q one twenty twenty one, and seventy five million dollars of profit off that revenue, which is pretty insane. Compare that to Q four twenty twenty, which was one point seven six billion and forty one million dollars in profit. And that's literally double the the volume, and. Uh, you really can't complain you really can't complain about the fees at least on cash app if that's all they're making <laughs> three and a half billion right right yeah three and a half billion you're only making 75 mil you can't complain. um we can complain about the limits the limits are fucked but I we did. can't complain about the fees the fees i guess seem reasonable if they're only making 75 billion off 
Since this is public information, I I feel comfortable saying this right now, but I tweeted out earlier, Lyle Pratt tweeted under my like cash app tweet. He was like, yeah, this is great and all, but like, what about the withdrawal limits going to take people a long time to withdraw from cash app quote tweeted that like cash app, please. Like you need to pump your withdrawal limits, please, sir. Jack liked the tweet. Maybe they're thinking about it. Maybe they're thinking. They want, we know everyone at cash app wants. I don't think there's anyone at cash app that's against raising the limits. I I think they're working on it from a risk and compliance point of view. Um, But uh, I mean, it is kind of ironic. Like uh, I was saying to a friend, I was like, every time the price dumps, you should withdraw. You know, it's just like, it's like the price dumps. You're like, go, you should stack the dip. But then while you're stacking the dip, you should withdraw. I got my hand up. I'm, I'm withdrawing sats from the cash app. Every time the dip happens, when the dip happens, you have to rush there because the limits are in fucking dollars instead of sats. Um, we know they're, anyway, working. they're think, working on it. They know it's an issue. I think they're obviously, yeah, disclosure, they're a sponsor of the Cash App. I would say sponsor of this podcast. I've already <laughs> read like a big ad read in the beginning of this episode. Um, I think it's important to realize, I think it's important to realize that uh, this is like a very retail focused company, right? So seeing this kind of growth uh, to me is, is really per user, to see. per user, like per user Bitcoin buys on that's pretty insane. Or the amount of users buying on cash app as opposed to OTC desk, maybe even Coinbase, like cash App's the biggest number one finance app in the country right now. Correct. I mean, they are on the Apple app store, the number one finance app on the app store. But my point is, is like, these are like, average people just stacking you know and, oh, and man, to see baby. this number increase to see this number increase is fucking great it doubled uh, quarter on quarter doubling that's insane yeah. and that's it's what USD we want to see stackers at the floor it's usd know? volume too it's not bitcoin volume if it was bitcoin volume it'd be insane but it's like people have been buying more and more in usd which is like first quarter so like when the first quarter ends march 30th or was the price? The price was not like sixty thousand then. That's when it started coming down, right? We've been in this consolidation phase. I don't know. This is stacker's paradise right now. I'm it, like, it really is, dude. I'm trying are... to get as much fiat as possible right now to just convert it over to Bitcoin. Just mining fiat as Doge, much as possible. Let's Doge fucking go. taking over, dude. What Dogecoin? Bitcoin's, Bitcoin's dead, dude. You didn't hear? Well, like, it's not your Dogecoin if you're not running your own Doge node and holding your own Doge keys. So consider that. If if Robinhood's holding your shit, then you just have an IOU. Um, Marty, I have time for one more topic. Oh, what do you want God. to cover? I was thinking Coinbase transparency report. I think you'd like that one too. I agree. So, so Coinbase, this is like one of the saving graces of Coinbase. Would you agree? Uh, they've started doing these transparency reports, which I think Kraken, Kraken really led started, the way with it. Yeah. Um, and yes, this is like massive. I, I appreciate them being transparent about this shit. Yeah. So the uh, Coinbase crack and they do these transparency reports where they basically release blog posts to say, Hey, here's the requests we've gotten from governments about our users over the last year. Uh, begs the question, Matt, are we free? Are we free? So there were a total. So this was. Between the period of July 1st, 2020, and December 31st, there's only a six month period, um, 2020. Total received requests from government uh, agencies at Coinbase was 2,313. Key takeaways there were a total of 4,227 requests in 2020. 54% of those requests were made during the second half of the year. 
Um, similar to the first half of 2020, 90% of the requests come from the US, the UK, and Germany. So let's just go to the breakdown. Uh, law enforcement information requests ranking US number one at 1,197, UK number two at 597, Germany number three at 260, and then it falls off to France at 69. Nice request. Uh, the FBI <laughs> is by far uh, the biggest uh, requester with 362. That's 30.2% of the requests that um, Coinbase received in the second half of 2020. And basically just highlights that these agencies, intelligence agencies, specifically in the U.S., uh, are aggressively asking Coinbase for more information, more information, more information. Because they don't like the U.S. citizens. They don't, I don't, I don't even think I could say they don't like that U.S. citizens have privacy because I think this is proof that they don't have privacy through requesting this. But it's proof that our, we don't live in a free country. America is not free. We live in a surveillance state. And the FBI fucking hates you. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is, it should be alarming to any American that thinks um, that we should be a positive representation for the rest of the world when they see how many requests are America versus the rest. Like it's, in, it's insane difference. What is it? It's like 50% or like 40% is, is American requests. 50, 50. Um, right on the dot it's fucking disgusting but i th i think the most important thing for people to realize is you know kyc is basically forever like these companies are required to keep all of this information on you forever um and for whatever it's worth the blockchain is forever the bitcoin blockchain is something that we expect to exist long past all of these kyc records and these records are going to exist um past our grandkids past our great grandkids in perpetuity um if we are correct and when you mix those two together you get a very personal um look into someone's finances um and i just really don't think people are aware of how much that is the case when they're transacting on these platforms be aware ptj paul tudor jones is in the comments of of RHR right now. And he just brought up the fact that Kraken was also um, accosted by the IRS to hand over details on uh, any customers of Kraken that <clears throat> uh, transact with more than $20,000 worth of Bitcoin between 2016 and 2020. So everybody. <laughs> right. Like literally, if you bought one $250 Bitcoin in 2016, and you just held it like does that justify the irs get pulling your information yes oh, i mean i don't know if it justifies but they are yes yeah does that <laughs> does that basically meet the threshold for them to pull your information it sounds like yes marty if you didn't if you haven't withdrawn it yet it sounds like yes we don't live in a free country freaks these people want to control you they hate you they don't like that you're succeeding they don't like that you're making money outside the U.S. dollar reserve system. They don't like you. They think you're dumb. They think you're stupid. <laughs> they think you should be poor because they think they're better than you. Fuck these people. But on a more optimistic note, we're going to fucking win. Yes, we're definitely going to win. But exactly because fuck these people. These people are evil. <laughs> they are. They're demons. They're turning the frogs gay.
sorry, Matthew. What do we got in tap tap for tonight? What are we doing? Nice dinner? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good night. I'm excited. Um no, this is great. This was a good rip. Uh I love y'all. I love you, Marty. Love um you. I look forward to seeing you soon uh, in Miami. And uh I really do think that this is like this range, this like 50 to 60K range, to me, it really does. It feels like Stacker's Paradise. Like this feels like a fucking cheat code. Like I am, I have never been more bullish, which means. Wait, you have sound effects now? That was, I didn't the, wrong know that was the wrong one. I was going for it. <laughs> Boomer, Boomer Marty, Boomer Marty tries to. Showcases new sound effects and chooses the completely <laughs> wrong one. Um, I mean, it's either we dump or we just go crazy. And I, I really, I am like insanely bullish right now. So I'm insanely um, bullish. Cheers too. to all y'all. I hope you're staying humble and stacking sats because that's what I'm doing. Yes, him as well. Freaks, we're gonna win. We have humanity on our side. Like people actually have human feelings. We actually, like get empathy in in thinking for your your fellow man and, and thinking of the common man more importantly god i fucking hate i hate i hate the state i hate the state let's end it on that peace and love freaks Sticky.